Welcome to the Canning Plus 7 podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Williams, podcasting from Billings, Montana. I know it's been a while since I've done a show. I've got some great shows in the works, and I've been preparing for some podcasts, so things have been busy just uh, behind the scenes here. And I we have a new addition to the show tonight, Relay. How are you, Relay? I'm doing good, thanks. How are you doing, Kevin? Good. This is a significant addition because Relay is my producer for the podcast. And I think she is going to be a phenomenal producer. We've had lots of conversations. I've known you since what, 2015. I'm not going to get into how we met because it would take too long. That could be for another podcast. But I am super excited to have you as a producer, Relay. How are you? I'm excited about it too. This is a Uh, an opportunity that I think will be a great experience for me, Uh, definitely a new and learning experience, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So thank you for inviting me to be a part of it as well. Absolutely. And one of the the reason I have Relay is because I want to do some more advanced podcasts. One of the things that I have been trying to do if the podcast goes for too long is to break things up and Relay will be taking notes telling me how long each topic lasted and then i'll decide if i'm going to break it up or not or if i do which part and relay will ask a few questions here and there and relay let's just learn a little bit about you this i don't want to make this whole podcast about you but where are you from and how did you get to salt lake oh well i originally grew up in southern california down in the mojave desert uh, in a place called Palmdale. But you're not um, a liberal. Moved... Which what? You're not a liberal. No, no, I moved <laughs> out of there way before all that started. Okay, carry on. Um, yeah, and then um, in 94, I moved to Colorado, and I lived in Colorado for, well, I raised my son there. He went from kindergarten to high school there, and and then in 2008, when he joined the military, I had a friend living here in Salt Lake at the time who made it sound like a great deal to move here to Salt Lake. So I up and moved and that's where I'm, well, I'm a little north of Salt Lake now, but yeah, that's how I ended up here. All right. Well, uh, I'm sure we'll learn more about you later as we continue the podcasts. And Val Westover is my guest tonight. How are you, Val? Hey, I'm doing great, Kevin. How are you doing? Good. Now, some of you may know Val from Butterfly Express. Some of you may know Val or heard the Westover name from the book Educated. We're not going to talk about Educated tonight. We're not going to talk about Educating. We are going to do that on a separate podcast feed, though, but not this one. What we are going to talk about, though, is prepping, because some of you may know Val has been an admin prepper for how long, Val? 40-plus years, probably? That's pretty close. Yeah, and you on Butterfly Express. Just real quick, though, let's learn a bit about you. So you were born in Clifton, I take it, or Preston or somewhere over there, Idaho? I've lived my pretty much my whole life in Clifton, Idaho. Okay. And just real quick, just so people get to know who, how did you get to become a prepper? And how did you start Butterfly Express, if you can give us a summary? We'll get into this later in a different podcast, but briefly. Uh, We uh, started right after Larie and I got married uh, doing our food storage, buying wheat and honey and the basics uh, on a fairly limited budget. 
And as we uh, got that done, I had some fairly severe health problems and uh, we had kind of a bad experience in the hospital with our firstborn son and uh, Larie became pregnant again. And we were looking for answers when we found uh, an herbal midwife a doctor was an MD was training her. And he came up from Salt Lake actually and uh, helped deliver our second son and taught us a little bit about herbs and this, that and the other spent, uh, the, spent a day. And we started uh, dealing with our health problems with herbally. And as we progressed in our food storage, we decided we wanted to be able to store some herbs uh, for emergencies. And we had been using powdered herbs at that time and making them into capsules. And uh, the, the tinctures were a little bit pricey for us at that time. So uh, Larie came back and after she researched it and said the best way to store herbs was to tincture them, to soak them in alcohol and uh, then strain them off. And then the alcohol would keep almost indefinitely. So we began to make a supply of herbs, uh, different combinations from Dr. Christopher's old formulas. We were very fortunate to get a copy of his, uh, uh, one of his original uh, books, which was about four feet high. Wow. And uh, I think there's only three that I know of uh, in the world out there. But anyway, we got that. We copied his formulas and we started making these. And uh, the, that's what we started using. And as our kids got sick, we would give those to them. And I was playing with them quite a bit, trying to deal with my problems. And uh, the kids got well very quickly. So the neighbors that wanted some. And then uh, our relatives wanted some. And uh, Larie came with a report and she said, you know, we're giving this stuff away. And it's taking a good share of our grocery budget to replace this all the time. And I said, well, I'll tell you what let's do. Let's charge a little bit of profit, get your time in there, and then we will take all the money and we will put it back into it. We won't touch it for living. We'll just, we'll just build our supply and that's how we will get our supply of herbs. Uh, so we have a good two year supply of everything we want. And she did that and so the little business started, Larie did it in her little cupboard. And I remember one Christmas we were, we were broke. Uh, we were brokering the Ten Commandments and we were wondering where we were gonna get the money to pay for Christmas and the bills coming due. And Larie informed us she was headed off to California down to LA to take a class, a rather expensive one. And I, well, how are we gonna afford that? And she says, I have the money saved and we can't spend it for anything else and I'm going to class. And that's what she did. She started traveling the country and buying books and going to classes. And that's how she learned a lot of what she knows. And uh, the business just expanded into homeopathics, essential oils and various things over the years. And then I, uh, I bought the company from my wife here about 15 years ago. And she settled down and she focuses mainly on teaching. Okay. Well, it's great to have you on here. 
For those of you that don't know, Butterfly Express is out of Clifton, Idaho, butterflyexpress.org. Do you prefer the .org or the .com domains? I know you got both of them up there. Well, actually, uh, we have a wholesaler that owns the .com. Oh, okay. Uh, an affiliate type program. And so uh, either one works fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, so let's get into, you sent me a list of things that you want to talk about, and I've got questions for you. And I know Relay has questions and she'll be following along. And when we're done, I'll let Relay ask a question or two if she wants, and let's get started. So well, you, the first thing you brought up is fuel storage. What is the best way to store fuel? Well, uh, let's talk about the fuel just a little bit. Which different ones? Uh, for starters, I think the main fuel that people are using is gasoline. The gasoline that we have today does not store anywhere near like the unlet or the leaded gas that we had 25 years ago. Uh, the ethanol in the gas, which is mandated by state requirements in many cases, up to 10%, the ethanol settles out in storage. And a burst of ethanol into your gas system can destroy your fuel system, your carburation and your fuel injection, and it will eat out the seals and, and uh, cause ma major problems unless your car is made to deal with straight ethanol. And so uh, it is particularly hard on small motors like gas uh, lawnmowers, chainsaws, and uh, things that sit for a little while like a gasoline generator. And so if you're going to store gas, uh, for any length of time, even, you know, a month or two, it would be very best to go and purchase some ethanol-free gas. Maverick has some pumps, hoses, and everything that's just specific for ethanol-free. And in many cases, you can buy a premium grade that doesn't have ethanol in it. It will be marked as ethanol-free if, in fact, it is. If I'm just going to buy the uh, higher grade that's that claims to be ethanol free, I will put a gallon or two in my car first before I fill my little container to take home to put in the lawnmower or the chainsaw or whatever. And if I will do that, I will have very little trouble with the carburation or hard to start small motors because the ethanol in those, if it sits for even a few days, is very hard on those small motors and uh, just not a good idea at all. You want to put ethanol free in those. And uh, the, uh, the best way to, to uh, store gasoline for a little while is to buy ethanol free and put a good fuel stabilizer in it and keep it in a fairly cool place where the temperature doesn't change drastically uh, night to day. That being said, uh, diesel stores quite a bit better, yeah, especially in an underground situation where the temperature is mainly varying twice a year rather than twice a day. And in that situation with a good fuel stabilizer, a good diesel will last 10, 12 years or longer. One of the problems, of course, with the diesel is you have to vent the tank. And so... Uh, 
they have a little air vent on that as the temperature does change the, the volume. And of course, as you take the fuel out, air has to come in to replace it. And so uh, you have an air vent on that tank. If the wind blows past that air vent, it has like a Venturi effect and it will draw air out. And then if the wind stops or changes direction, it changes that and you have a constant air movement in and out of that tank and that is not good. So you can cover it with a bucket or whatever you need to do to get that air vent out of the wind and that will help your storage immensely. And uh, Power Service makes a really good commercial uh, fuel stabilizer for diesel fuel. And if that is used, your fuel uh, underground will last quite, quite well uh, if the temperature doesn't change day to day. That's the, that's the biggie right there. And uh, propane, of course, is the king. Propane in a stored tank doesn't lose its satane or its octane. It stays the same because it's under pressure. And uh, another nice thing about propane is that if you have a generator that's on propane, which really is the only way to go with a good, a good backup generator, you can not start it for six months and go out and hit the button and it'll go. And in fact, if you do have a propane generator, you want to keep fuel in your carburation, in your heat exchanger. Those seals and things will dry out and get hard and not work very well or not at all if there's not fuel in them. So you want to have propane in your system at all times and then uh, very dependable. Uh, so propane would be a king as far as backup generators or uh, a motor that's going to sit for any length of time and not be used. Uh, even your car that you're running on uh, regular gasoline that you're buying at the store or the, grocery, the, the gas station, uh, you would be better off if that car is going to sit for any length of time, buy your gas in a very busy gas station where the fuel hasn't been sitting for very long. Because if the fuel is sitting there and they're not changing the fuel out of that tank, your chances of getting a surge of ethanol increases dramatically. And that can be really destructive to your car, especially if it sits in the tank for any length of time. So buy your gas for your car at a busy, the busiest place you know. That's, that's the best. And uh, if the car's going to sit, once a month, go out and start the car and let it run for a minute and put old fuel out and put new fuel in. And uh, the gasoline we have today just doesn't do what it used to. So uh, on the propane, uh, I think we've, we've, did I maybe, I guess I've covered fuel storage, haven't I? Yeah, I just have a couple questions. So how long does, uh, maybe you answered this question, how long does, let's say, regular gasoline last that is not ethanol? And how long does diesel last if you're storing all this fuel? How long And how long does propane last? I know you said you could have propane at a generator for six months and still not turn it on. How long would that last? Let's just say if I put propane in a generator and did absolutely nothing for many years, how long would it all, how long would that last in gasoline and diesel? Well, uh... With diesel, uh, if the diesel has been stored underground, it won't lose, and the temperature is going to be 60 degrees, uh, between 60 and 50 degrees year round, which 
two feet under from the top of the tank and you know six seven foot down at the bottom of the tank that that fuel should with a good fuel stabilizer in it that fuel should still be good 10 years later i've ran some in trucks uh, and not noticed any uh, fuel mileage discrepancy uh, eight to ten years later if it was stored properly uh, beyond you're you're kind of risking things when you get out there in that seven eight year range you're kind of pushing it with diesel gasoline you hit into that six months to a year range and you're pushing it. Oh, yeah. Now, I know you did say in a, in a phone call that leaded gasoline lasts a lot longer. Of course, not very. I don't even think you can get leaded gasoline today, can you? I don't think not, you can. Not that I'm aware of. No, no, that that those days are over. Yeah, I think the last time I've seen anything related to leaded gasoline was in 1993 in Texas. I don't even think you can get it in Texas now. No. Well, yeah. taking the taking the lead out of our gas was probably a good thing. Uh, our carburation system had to change, and we don't like it as well. It doesn't store as well, but there there is an upside. An upside. We don't have quite as much lead in the air, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's a trade-off. Well, well, let me ask you this, though. Where can you get fuel to store it? Now, this may be an odd question, but if you're at a Maverick or something and you have a 250-gallon tank and you're feeling that, number one, it's going to be awfully expensive today. Number two, people are going to mistake you as a hoarder. So how do you get around all this? Well, one thing you could do is go to a truck stop. Now, not all Mavericks have a special fuel uh, dispenser for ethanol free, but some, I know there's one in Richmond, uh, Utah, and we have one in Idaho uh, right here close that does. Uh, but, and uh, there are several in the Logan area that sell a premium type gas that doesn't have ethanol in it. And you just have to look and see what you can find. And uh, that's the stuff you want to save for your lawnmower. Or if you do have a gasoline generator, put that in it and don't use anything else and put a good fuel stabilizer with it and plan on running that generator on a regular basis. And if it's going to sit for any length of time, drain the carburetor. Get that gas out of there because it will cause you problems. All right. So that's, that's good information. Truck stops, I think, are a good place to buy gasoline, especially if you have a $250 or 250-gallon tank or whatever. Just hope nobody accuses you of being a hoarder. That's a whole other conversation. You've been listening to part one of the Val Westover podcast. Don't forget to listen to part two.